passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Hello, Spits and Suds listeners. It's that time. Hockey is here. Thank you for sticking with us this offseason. I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan. We no longer have to say that. Sean Shapiro, he's my co-host from Shap Shots, EP Ringside. We Win Here is the name of his book. Also writes some awesome articles for D Magazine locally. My friend, so good to see hockey on the uh, television last night. Oh, yeah, it was good. It was a uh, nice... Uh... I love the. I, I know, I know they won't. I I know they only do it for special events and everything like that. But and I get I get that there'll be some people who talk about the timing of games and everything. But I I, I loved the the five thirty start game time. Yes, right? where I loved I loved the ability to. Hey, let's watch for sorry four thirty four thirty five thirty depending on your time zone, right? Like I loved the ability to watch a game. Watch the game all the way through. Uh, watch, watch the second one if you're feeling if you're feeling up to it. You can watch three. Like I know some people, and I and I've been. I know sometimes I've seen the backlash. I'm a, I'm a big fan of getting more games into slots like that in general because, like, I think it was great. My kids, for example, were able to watch the entire Nashville, uh, um, entire Nashville, the entire Nashville Tampa game. Like that was great, and I didn't have to worry about bedtime or anything like that. So. I just I always jump on that soapbox, and I know some people say that it's not doable, but if it's doable on open night, you should be able to do it a little more often. That's my yeah, absolutely. Uh, my quickest side on scheduling. And I love that sports in general is switching. As far as we had this kind of long run where it was everything needs to be in prime time, has to be prime time. Well, the reason it's in prime time is because of commercials, and I think because of today's digital recording devices, today's devices where you can watch anywhere, anytime, social media, et cetera. I love that teams are bringing things back to earlier start times because 
you know, at the end of the day, like I became a massive baseball fan because I could watch baseball during the day. I, I became a massive winter classic fan because college football decided let's put everything in prime time. And then on New Year's Day, nothing was going on. And then all of a sudden I see on social media, it can't believe how hard it's snowing in Buffalo. And I'm like, oh, I got to check this out. And I was just locked from that point on. I'm like, man, this winter classic's amazing. So I, I just love the fact that the risk that they're taking, it's not even really a risk anymore, but just the fact that they're saying, hey, we understand the popularity of this sport. We can draw good attendance and and it's okay on opening day. It's okay during the playoffs. It's okay to put these things during the afternoon. It's okay to do matinees now in hockey on Saturday afternoon and Sunday afternoon because of these TV contracts. I, I think the more hockey can shine and the more games that they're putting on national TV, much better. I also wonder, and I don't know, and this is just me wondering aloud, Gavin, here. And I say this, obviously, because I'm I'm a big soccer fan. I do wonder if the success that international soccer has had on television in the United States, the fact that and it was kind of, I wonder how much that served as like a, unsp- as kind of an experiment that other leagues copied, just kind of, kind of saw work out where like, if you look at, sports sports viewership in the united states ton of people like me find time to watch premier league soccer games at at noon on the weekend and we'll on wednesdays at two o'clock we'll watch that game like i i just wonder too how much kind of sport television executives and sports executives looked and said like hey we got these leagues playing in europe that are able to draw eyes in the united states on television why not our own sports? And so I also wonder kind of, it would be interesting to be interesting to see how that kind of, if the impact of that, and that's just me wondering aloud here as we, as we chat about it. Oh, I, I, I think absolutely. I think when we look back on sports and entertainment history, I think the English premier league deal certainly can be talked about as far as the innovation, um, the interest, how quickly that became a massive appeal and how many, Eyes and ears were tuned in. Absolutely. You know, the other one, Sean, that no one really gives credit for is more entertainment-based. The WWE was the first to come up with an app and charge $9.99 a month and basically say, you get all the pay-per-views for that. And everyone laughed at them at the time. Everyone said, oh, this is ridiculous. No one's going to do it. And... Lots of subscribers. Those subscribers all then blended into Peacock. And Peacock became the subscription service. So I think that's fascinating when you look back at sports history and entertainment history. You look at those two deals. And, you know, at the time, people were like, really? English Premier League? I know a lot of passive. Like, diehards like you and I, you know, with my mom from England, we're in. But, you know, I think for the passive kind of sports fan they were like is really people care about this you know they they're so focused on american sports and, and i just love the innovation of those two deals it, it's great that you bring up uh, wrestling too because it's something where and i even say this i'm not i'm not a pro wrestling fan i don't i haven't ever really watched it but i heard something recently and i don't remember who said it so unfortunately i can't give the proper credit to it but they were talking about the Deion sanders colorado phenomenon and they talked about one of the great things about Deion Sanders in Colorado and all the value he added in the eyes. It wasn't because he understood football. 
it's because he understood how professional wrestling worked. Yes. And it's, it's, it's something too, where like there's, there's that element of the storytelling of professional wrestling, the embracing those things that uh, a lot of other leagues could, could, could learn from. So. Yeah. You know, you're absolutely right. I mean, it translates and it's amazing how many athletes it translates to as well that they, you know, not only love that entertainment, they gravitate toward that entertainment and you can now see WWE being involved. Like, you know, for instance, when they go to a city, um, mm-hmm. they will team up with a team and carve out kind of a wrestling slash team logo and sell that merchandise. So yeah. it's become so mainstream. You know, obviously the stock is booming. It's just a fascinating business that I think people are like, well, wrestling is stupid. Well, I understand that, but I'm interested in multi-billion dollar businesses. So it yeah. kind of kind of fascinates me. And I love the, the theater of the mind and the soap opera aspect. So uh, let's get into stars hockey. Yes. You know, pretty awesome. Nice central division tilt. Uh, kind of a St. Louis rebuilding squad, I would say. But uh, tomorrow night, the AAC will officially be rocking. First, I do want to give a lot of credit to Stars fans. Showed up in force this preseason at the AAC. A lot of excitement, and that's really, really cool. Um, but one thing I want to focus on, Sean, that I can't remember, and please correct me, in a long time, a Stars team having so much depth at each position because we know there are some injuries at the center position, but at the same time, it's pretty amazing when some of the names, when you say, okay, well, if Rope Hintz can't go, we'll move Tyler Sagan you know, to, to the first line. Therefore, that opens up the void at the center position for Sagan. Well, Matt Duchesne can play that position. I mean, the names are just impressive as far as the depth of this team to kind of avoid that catastrophic injury. Yeah, it's. I said this to someone today, and it's the the fact is with the stars, right? Like, and and I realize that people have heard and heard praise about the stars off season before, right, Gavin? Like, people have heard about like, oh, they won the off season, or they did this or that, right? Like, we've heard about that in the past, and. And so I get if you're a Stars fan, there might be part of you who wonders, like, I've heard this before. This team, like, the hype is real about this team. And obviously it's hockey and it's the NHL and it's a sport with chaotic outcomes. So it's there's no such thing as a certainty. But this team is so well built. The depth is great. Um, like, you look at a... And it's not just us who are talking about the team who see it all the time. It's you see all of a sudden it's catching on with a lot of the other pundits and people picking and how they're picking out the league's going to play out this year. Like um, this is one of the, if you go one through, if you go one through 14, because I believe in today's NHL, you need about 14, 15 forwards. Um, even though, so some of those guys are on the AHL roster at the bottom, but you go one through 14, it's hard to find a team that's deeper at forward than Dallas. Like it is, it's impressive. Um, there's a lot of multi-tools as far as guys you can play wing and wing and center. And you look at that kind of, and the other great thing about this Dallas team, we've talked about it before, and we won't go too far down this path right now is this isn't a one year 
all or nothing deal. Like you look, we've, we've talked about the long-term prospect build. It's not like they mortgage the future to be here. Like this is the kind of a, they haven't won a title. They haven't won anything under Jim Nell, right? But you look at it and you're like, okay, people are saying out of the West, it's Edmonton, Vegas, and Dallas. And you're like, yes, you're right. Yep. You're right. Those are my three. Those, those are the three. You're like, if it's, if it's, if I had to pick, if I had to get those three versus the field out of the West, I'd take those three. So yeah. it's, that is where Dallas is. And it's an elite company. And it sets up for a potentially really fun season because this team is, as you said, even though with some early season, early season bumps and bruises, it's, it's not going to slow things down. Yeah, absolutely. Let's uh, start between the pipes, Sean. What are your expectations for Jake Ottinger? Obviously, really, really good year. Kind of an up and down playoffs. Um, but I think yeah. I say up and down because we expect him to be elite. Um, maybe his defensive core didn't help him as much as we would like, you know, in the playoffs. But, you know, clearly one of the top goaltenders in the league. Where do you see a next step for Ottinger? You know, can be among yeah. top two three in the league and where do they need to him to be as far as you know as far as this stars team i mean going into the start of this season like especially if, if we're talking about healthy goaltenders to start the season considering andre vasileski is hurt in tampa i mean he's in the top he's probably he's in the top five goalies yeah. in the league right now yep. like like there's the there's the two russians in new york shesterkin and sorokin there's uh Hellebuck. You put Hellebuck above him? I I would actually that's that's the interesting one because I would actually argue at this point, I would actually put I personally okay. would put Ottinger above Hellebuck at this point. Now that's 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 not a that's not a blanket opinion. I mean, that's one of those where I think there's some people who might say, Well, yeah, that's gonna be true in a year or two. I think that's already the case. Um, and then the other one, and I'm just a bit, and it's it's funny because we're talking about another central division guy. UC Soros is elite. Like, yes, you you put you put UC Soros on any other team than Nashville, and his numbers would be even better. Um, and it's it's kind of funny. That's why it's kind of ridiculous when the fact is you'll go to the All Star game. The All Star game will happen this year, and a top five goalie in the league will not be in the All Star game because three top five goalies in the league are in the Central Division. Yeah, so it's. Uh, it's uh, so I I, I have Ottinger as a top five goalie in the league, healthy right now. When Vasilevsky's healthy, maybe we start having a debate over him or Hellebuck being in there right now. Yeah, um, I think it's also good when I, I you know from from a potential like young goalie perspective, and as a former goalie yourself, what I love about the UC Soros coming into the league is it kind of quiets down the narrative that the goaltender has to be six four six five. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, guys can be smaller and just as effective. Clearly having size, you know, can take up space, especially after the speed to, you know, move from side to side. But at the same time, you know better than most, Sean. You know, it's nice to see a guy like that when he goes between the pipes. It's like, wow, not that big, you know, but uh, impressive. Yeah, yeah. And it's uh, like, I, I look at the Dallas perspective too. And another thing about... And we talk about the next step for Ottinger, right? I think it's it's kind of funny because I think it requires a, and we've talked about it before about the workload, Gavin. It requires a slight step back in a weird way. It, it requires a slight step back, I think, in the game's played element 
so he can take the other step forward, right? It's like the one step back in usage so he can take the two steps forward in performance. Um, like I'm a big believer that when it comes to goalie usage, and we saw it last year in the playoffs with, with Ottinger, obviously a little bit of he started to wear down a bit in the playoffs and everything like that. Um, I think about 75 games should be your target for 75 games should be your target for your goalie to play. And I think because after 75, you start getting into some real questions about the wear and tear on a body of trying to play that many hockey games at one of the most difficult positions in sports um, in an eight month span. So the key to winning a Stanley cup is making sure your goaltender has some, has, has some space to get to those 75 games in the playoffs. So he started 61 this past year, played 62 because of the one game Scott Wedgwood left because of injury. I would like to see that number. I think that number is going to be, I think the stars would be better off if that number is closer to 55. I know that's something, uh, I know people want to see Jake Ottinger every night, but you also want to see the best version of Jake Ottinger for 23 games or whatever you need in the playoffs. And so I think for Ottinger, playing around 55 games would be better for the workload. And uh, it's, but he'll play the important games. He'll obviously play those playoff games, but he's got a real chance to, to build on last year's regular season. And um, I talked to him, about a week and a half ago for a story on something. And uh, I love his mentality of how he wants to approach things. And like, he wants to be one of the best goalies in the world. He that's, that's a big drive for him. And I think he can, I think that's something he's not going to win a Vesna this year, but he's not going to win a Vesna this year. And I'm, I'm not taking that again. I mean, I mean, I guess he could, but the, the fact, but the fact is he is going to be in that Vesna conversation this year. Um, he already was in it last year, but this year he's going to actually be in that legit conversation to actually potentially win it as opposed to just being, hey, this guy, we need to add someone to the top five at the list. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Let's go in front of Ottinger and a defensive core that I think we had some questions going into the offseason after some playoff uh, struggles, but um, they you know, didn't make any major off-season moves, but you heard right here on Spits and Suds, Sean correctly pointed out that there weren't any real major moves to be made. But it is kind of a new look um, as far as the defensive core. You have Hockenbaugh, Hanley, Harley, Hashkinen, a lot of H's, uh, Lindell, Lundquist, and uh, Suter. Of those guys, what are you most interested in? I'll tell you me. Um, Harley, 
Can't wait to see the development. Um, saw just the major jump, Sean, from the back half of the AHL All-Star game to the rise up and how he performed in the playoffs. I'm really interested to see Hockenpah recovering from, you know, being injured. Uh, can he bring that physical force back and use his size um, to his advantage? I think Hanley's real solid as a, a seventh defenseman, and if someone gets injured, uh, I think he'll, you know, put forth a good effort, and I thought he played really well in the playoffs. Um, you know, suitor, suitor, but Nils Lundqvist is fascinating because I'm excited for Nils Lundqvist, and I'm excited to see what he's all about. And honestly, Sean, I'm super excited that Pete DeBoer, Jim Nil, the star staff, has said, we put some good collateral out there to grab you, so we're going to use you, and we're going to see what you're all about. Yeah, I give uh, it's Jim Nil, and I think they they did they kind of did what they had to last year with Nils Lundqvist, where he wasn't he he wasn't an answer last year. Uh, he played sixty something games, but for what Dallas needed for the playoffs, he wasn't an answer. Um, it's it's a whole season storyline, but to me, one of the biggest first two months of the season deal type deals is can Nils Lundqvist win and earn the trust of the, uh, of, of the, of the coaching staff? Can he build up what was lost? Can he, can he, can he do that? Because that to me is the, one of the biggest storylines I'm, I'm watching because it's one thing for Pete DeBoer to put him to give him some more ice time, have hand him the second power play unit. Now, by Thanksgiving, American Thanksgiving, since Canadian Thanksgiving was earlier this week, by American Thanksgiving, he uh, he needs to have seized that opportunity. And this is I, I am happy they're putting it in the they're putting it in the putting the opportunity on the player's lap. Now he's got to go take it, and we're going to find out a lot about Nils Lundqvist the first two months of the season. He is the one of the most interesting players for me to watch the, the, this these first up through American Thanksgiving. <laughs> I, I, you know what I think? I think Stars fans see him and say, "Is this another Julius Honka?" Because the size comparison. Yeah, I, I, it, yeah, and I think I mean it's also the you get the a bit of the like you've been you've been burned before on like you've heard this is this guy's great and everything and you you've been burned on it before and. And nothing, nothing's uh, and, and it's let you down. So, yeah, I get that. I get there. There's scars there that Stars fans have. There's scar. There's scars that Stars fans are are dealing with on that. And uh, I don't know. I, I I'm really when when Pock drops tomorrow night, he's the one I'm probably going to be watching a little bit of the most. Um, Thomas Harley, I'm intrigued by too. Not for negative reasons. I think Thomas Harley is that classic example of there are question marks around Thomas Harley, but they're good ones. Their questions are, is Thomas Harley the, is Thomas Harley, how, how good of a number two defenseman in a core is Thomas Harley. And if he's a, if he can be like a Devin Taves type, like with, uh, like with Colorado, like oh, yeah. Colorado has with McCarr, like that's incredible. He doesn't have to be that. I don't, I don't think, but like, that's the type of thing where, if you can have a one, two like that, then the sky that is the limit continues getting limitless. Um, I just, I'm really interested to see which way Harley goes on this too, because 
he's got a real opportunity. And we saw last year, he was their best, second best pay- defenseman in the playoffs. We just need to find out how good of a second best defenseman he is. And you know you leave an impression when the chatter now is, and if we need to be more physical, we can certainly call up Liam Bixel for the second half in the playoff run. You know that's pretty amazing yes. when he's talked about in so many circles when he'll step on the ice for the first time in the AHL. That's how much of an impression he's made so far. Yeah, he has been uh he has been so good. He was really good in preseason. Uh he was really good when we saw him in Traverse City for it was only the one game. And uh you look at the the kind of the long term build for this kid. If if you're in Cedar Park, if you're you're someone who's or even even a Dallas fan that wants to drive down to uh, down to Austin and and go watch a game like he's he's worth he's worth paying attention to right now because he's going to be in Dallas soon sooner than you think and uh I, I like so much about his game I also think he brings that long-term element that we always wondered about like you always wonder okay with you got Miro Hishkin you've got Thomas Harley you got Nils Lundqvist where's the guy you're scared to and I know you're you'll, you'll love this sentiment Gavin and I agree with you on this sentiment actually hockey is at times an emotional game yes sometimes you sometimes you need someone you're actually scared to go into the corner with yes it's one of the reasons that while i while yanni hockenpah has slowed is slower one of the reasons he is effective on this star's defense is physically and mentally speaking if you're another human and you go into the corner with yanni hockenpah he is scary like it's just it's just a reality and and hockey (laughs) is a is, is an emotional game like that and i think Bixel is a guy who he will he brings that element to the long-term future of this team that we didn't know if they had. And I think that's a really like it's a nice thing to know that's coming up the pipe, whether it's this year, whether it's later this year, whether it's next year, behind obviously what you have in Miro, who is top three defender in the world. And then obviously what we talked about with Harley and Lundquist as well. You know, one of the things that we've talked about, and I know it's a game of analytics now, Sean, however that, and I was never the biggest fan, let me just say, like, I appreciated the energy Antoine Roussel played with at times, mm-hmm. but I think there was a lot more to that um, as far as, you know, injury and not being on the ice and taking unnecessary uh, penalties. And I think that's something we touched on last year. Who's the guy in a, in a game that you're kind of down on energy that's going to go out in the ice and make things happen. And, you know, I'm fascinated to see that fourth line as far as Delandria, we're looking at two veterans. Um, one likely will be healthy scratched at times, but Sam Steele, Craig Smith uh, coming in. Uh, I do like the veteran presence uh, that they provide the locker room guidance that they uh, provide. I'm kind of fascinated to see Sam Steele because that's a player that we've touched on that I think a lot of Stars fans, you know, will have interest in because, you know, he's just one of those guys that goes and goes and goes. Yeah, it's the I, I like the Steele edition. He's a guy who would have been uh, if not for kind of the we've talked about it before, if not for the cap restrictions in Minnesota, he probably would still be in Minnesota and. It's with uh, 
the stars need an identity, right? Like, and, and they, and they kind of, they, they pretty much in general, they have, it has this team that attacks on the rush and, and, and everything like that. But aside, they, they've always needed. And since, and you bring up Roussel and obviously part of Roussel's shtick kind of got old after a little bit. And that was one of Roussel's problems was kind of the longevity of it. But, um, the stars have and still always have needed a player that can charge the emotional compass other than Jamie Ben, right? Yep. Because we saw a little bit of Blake Como. Yeah, a little bit of Blake Como. We had we had that there too. And um, but it's and it's just there's with with Jamie Ben's leadership style, and this isn't a bad thing. I want to be clear on that. I'm not saying this is a bad thing. It's just the reality is he is he they will follow Jamie Ben to the end of the earth. And sometimes when he is not pushing the accelerator, as we've seen before, and that wasn't much of the case last season. Let's be clear that that this wasn't an issue last season, but there has been times in Jamie Ben's tenure where he's not the one pushing the accelerator. He's not the one going full bore. And there's been no one else to really step up and drive it. And I think, I don't know how much a fourth liner can do it on a daily basis, Mm -hmm. but I do think you look at a kind of the pieces they brought in add to the energy positively. They add to the proper role of a fourth line and they, they all play good quote unquote B games, right? Like every, I think every NHL player has an A, B and C game in general. And so a, a game is your best, your your B game is, is is most players B game is what they play most nights and the C game is the rough night. Um I think all three Smith, a uh, steel, um and uh, I think even Delandria has it too. Even when they have an off night, it's their their C game is closer to their B game. And I think it's a There's big year players, for Ty, right, Sean? Yeah, yeah it, it it is a big no, it is a big deal. Like yeah. I want to be clear. Like for example, like like we talked about you and I talked about Jason Robertson on the kind of times he would disappear in the playoffs. Like Jason Robertson's A game is best in the world. Yep. Right. Like B game's pretty good too, but Jason Robertson's C game, he disappears. Yeah. It's bad. Yeah. Right. Like, like there, there is something to that where there is the, there is the even level of, uh, there is the even level of it. Like, I mean, we saw kind of sticking with this concept of A, B and C games, right? Like Mason Marchment, we saw, and obviously, he was first season in Dallas and expectations are kind of hard with Mason Marchment in general, but like Mason Marchment would be on nights. He was bad. He was really bad. Right. Like yes. there was not much to salvage on the flip side. Evgeny Dadanov comes in and on a, a down night for Evgeny Dadanov is not a bad night actually. Yeah. And that's why he's continues to, to be such a good piece for teams. So, yeah. um, no, I, yeah. I I agree. And Stars fans, I'm just making a prediction. There will be nights. I mean, obviously, we hear the names Pavelski, Hintz, Robertson, Ben, Sagan, Johnston. There are going to be nights where your first star, in my opinion, will be Matt Duchesne. Because when he shows up, he shows up. I really do 
you know, there were a couple games against the Stars where you're like, oh, my God, Matt Duchesne. And I know he's not the same Matt Duchesne of Ottawa and of years old, but I still think he has some good tank left, especially when you're talking about the depth of this team. It's not all on his shoulders. You know, I think this is a year where he can, you know, similar to what we saw with Ben last year, whether or not it was in his head or not, it was kind of a prove-it year, and Jamie proved that, you know, I could still have a good year. And I'm excited to see what Matt Duchesne brings to the table. And I think he's genuinely excited to be with this group and to have, once again, not only, you know, to add to that offensive depth, but to add to a face-off circle and a guy who knows where to be, you know, I, I just think we talked about it on this podcast. I really like that pickup, and I love the aggressiveness of Jim Nill going out and saying, this is a guy we need. Because, I mean, he could have brought someone up for the minors or could have, you know, just stayed with some of the players that were here last year, but he wanted to add that piece to try to take this team over the top. Yeah, and it's, um, I mean, the other thing about Matt Duchesne that's great for him from this role is if you start listing names on the marquee, how far down do you have to get to list his name? Right. Like, like if you're, if you're, if you're, yeah. when you're quote unquote marketing this team, when all of a sudden you're like, oh, here come the Dallas Stars are coming to town. Six it's or Jason seven. Robertson, Ropa Hintz, yep. Joe, Pavis, Joe Pavelski, Miro Hishkinen, Tyler Sagan, Jamie Ben. Like, like it's like you got to get six or seven names down before anyone even mentions you, Shane. And yes. that's a, that's a really nice place to work from. It's also a really nice place to work from. Like, um, I remember talking to a coach about this once, and it's the, the the fact of how salary disclosure, while great for getting the players their actual value and deals and everything like that, it also changed the dynamic of how we view players, right? Like, I mean, we're not, not guilty of it, but it's true. Like, how much did we talk about Radic Fox the last year? And we're like, well, Radic Fox is fine, but that contract, right? Yeah. And Matt Duchesne is in a spot where he's making – three million this year he's making probably what he's worth at this point in his career and it's not the and he's no longer going to have the i make 7.8 million or whatever right. it was in nashville last season that i have to live up to i think it's a great place like i think i think matt duchene is going to have a tremendous year i think it's going to be a 20 i don't think it's going to be a 40 goal season but i don't yeah. think anyone's expecting that he I had think 56 be, points last year yeah, like I think it's going to be he's I think it's going to be 25 something goals, flirt yeah. with 60 points and he'll score some big goals and that is for 3 million dollars, that's a bargain. Absolutely. Like, I, I love that. I I love that. So. And once again to clarify, I'm not saying the Matt Duchesne of that one year in Ottawa where he became the hot item or Colorado um or even some of the years in Nashville, but he's just a nice piece that could put the puck in the net, knows his assignments. Um, and when you look at that depth, you're right, Sean, when you're talking and you list the names, he's mid pack, maybe with this stars team. And that's unreal. When we talk about the depth of this team to have a, a Matt Duchesne, who's not necessarily a feature, but at the same time, when you have injuries and let's just say, you know, they're, they're without hints tomorrow, although he skated today, you know, then all of a sudden Sagan moves up, Duchesne moves up. Not a bad thing to have Matt Duchesne on your second line. 
So, uh, no, not yeah, at all. Very, no, very no, not at all. just uh, yeah. excited about that. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.